Hey guys, this is Z, and thanks for joining me here on Integrity Radio. Tis the season, I want to give you a little gift, and that is the gift of Kung Fu. And I have, um, what I'm posting here is about, well, an over an hour long session of a Kung Fu class that I just taught, and I invite you to join and enjoy the class. All right, without further ado, here is Kung Fu Sunday. Hey everybody, this is a impromptu Kung Fu Sunday School with me, your host, uh, Si Fuzi, and um, well, actually, uh, crisis or opportunity. Uh, usually I have these classes on uh, YouTube, YouTube Live, or Google Hangouts, and those things don't seem to be working today. So um, I figured why not take this opportunity to sort of do a, a more uh, open class. Um, and then maybe even ex uh, sort of explain what it is that I do here at The Art of Integrity. When I speak about The Art of Integrity, I'm talking about, of course, Wing Chun Gong Fu. And Wing Chun Gong Fu specifically, and um, specifically Ip Man, to Chris Chan, to me, to you, that sort of integrity. I'm also talking about structure when I refer to integrity. I always like the multiple meanings uh, of things. I think I've done that even as, a, uh, as an artist, a musician, or a painter, um, being able to interpret or, or extract meaning um, and profound meaning, hopefully, um, from one particular source. Um, so, uh, right, we're talking about the art of integrity, we're talking about Wing Chun Gong Fu, we're talking about structure, and specifically uh, human structure. So, uh, we, you know, kind of refer to that as integrity, because human structure has to sort of mobilize Right? It's sort of what's allowed us to, uh, to evolve to the point we're at now, which is being able to mobilize. Right? Um, some correlations I wanted to make some <laughs> that might not be automatically obvious, but uh, some of you might know I collect Daisy BB guns. Um, I have a, oh, I have, have the sticker right here. I didn't plan on this, but yes, I have a, a sticker even. The stand and deliver sticker. I don't know how well you can see that in this light, but that's the stand and deliver sticker. And uh, only 50 of these made. I don't think, I, I, I'm not quite sure this will 
that I'll be doing much more of these. But anyway, what's the connection? The whole BB gun, Kung Fu, Wing Chun specifically, connection. And am I just pulling this out of uh, nowhere? I don't know. Hey, Sifu Chad. This might be a way when, uh, um, yeah, when I have situations like, well, YouTube not working on me here. So, uh, the, the connection, the sticker, stand and deliver, Daisy BB guns. Well, I've always said that Wing Chun is very much like, um, like the firearm. In fact, uh, Wing Chun and um, and the firearm, uh, specifically the, um, with the flintlock, uh, you know, the, oh, I won't, I won't quote it now because I'll probably get it wrong. But the, uh, the advent of the gun and the advent of martial arts and Wing Chun were really uh, hand in hand with one another in their uh, modus, modus operandi, um, in the way that they operated. They used, uh, you know, instead of this whole leveraging, like uh, beating something, instead of using that, they used, um, oh, by the way, damn, bing, bang, boom. Let me see if I can get the uh, uh, text up. There we go. Maybe I have to initiate the text in order for that to work. Um, So yes, uh, they worked on uh, the same principles of, of, of uh, um, integrity, right, of structure. And your structure is very, uh, it can be mobilized, but still very solid, right? And it needs, your structure needs to be solid, even if you're mobilized, in order for you to deliver or in our case, it's a little bit, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot more, this simple concept is a lot more complex than it appears to be. And I, I, I have to remember that I, this is a, a, an open public class, so I, I don't want to get too deep into certain concepts, but uh, sort of just give you a, a general, um, idea of the depth of the Wing Chun Gong Fu pool. So, structure, that really is at the heart of what we do in Wing Chun Gong Fu. <laughs> hey, I just rhymed. I'm going to bring it down a little bit more so you can actually see my, my feet. Yeah, this structure here, I'll even bring the lighting down. Now, I think, you know, it's Sunday, it's, uh, it's the season, it's the holiday season. I feel like giving something away and uh, not giving it away. It's a gift. When you give a gift, you're not giving something away, are you? Right. I have a gift for you. 
Um, it's a gift that was, of course, given to me by Chris Chan that was given to him by Ikman, right? And that gift is Timima. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should, come, I should get down here and talk to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that gift is Timima. And it's an amazing, spectacular gift because as long as you could stand and deliver, oh, see the connection? As long as you could stand, then you can deliver when it comes to Wing Chun. That's why you need a stand deliver sticker to remind you of this, right? And that's what, that's what the Daisy BB gun helps me do as well, is reminds me to always make that connection that we are not a leverage striking art. We are a compression aim and uh, exponentiate <laughs> sort of martial arts. Different, right? So that compression starts with where we stand, right? Where else will it, could it start? And it starts with our stance. Now, is this a fighting stance? Of course it's not. In Wing Chun, we don't necessarily have a fighting stance. This is sort of misnomingly referred to as the Wing Chun fighting stance, upper gate, upper gate, lower gate, uh, far gate, near gate, however you want to look at that, right? Okay, uh, you know, fair enough if you are a Wing Chun Gung Fu fighter. But I, I think there's a lot lost in looking at things like that. And Wing Chun has much more to offer and is beyond style and uh, uh, you know, martial arts styles, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Really, the structure of Wing Chun, the postures, the structure, and everything in the Wing Chun's system is an observation of what works and what's strong, right? We got the 45 degree angles, we have uh, the method of moving that maintains structure. That's all it is. Now, you try to pull to those angles and to that structure, um, but in a perfect world, that may not necessarily happen. And 45 degrees is a is is a, a rule of thumb let's say right might be 43 and a half <laughs> might be 37 and three quarters right but you get the idea just like bomb salt well there's so many things we can do with bomb salt and bomb salt may not necessarily May, may not necessarily function at this point where we commonly know bon salt. Bon salt may function at this point. Bon salt may function at this point. And then, of course, is it really bon salt? Right? Is it really 45 degrees? You see where I'm getting at here? These are just um, uh, uh, reference points, right? What you guys have heard me 
uh, referred to as increments of measure, right? And your increment of measure can change depending on uh, context, depending on what you need, inches, you know, uh, uh, fractions, or uh, even a whole nother system like metric, right? You have different methods of measuring, just as in Wing Chun we have different increments of measure that we may utilize. So what else can I tell you as somebody coming into Wing Chun uh, new or somebody coming from Wing Chun uh, from someone else and then, um, you know, uh, uh, hearing me <laughs> speak. What's the difference? There probably is a, a good amount of difference. I'm going to show this Kimi Ma like I promised, right? Here is Kimi Ma. And Kimi Ma really means grasping the goat. So the way we like to get into is heel, toe, and heel. There's other ways, right? You can go really big, really big, one, two, three, and then it brings your heels out. Uh, again, you're, and for me, this certainly has changed over the years. It used to be pretty wide, so I felt nice and balanced. Well, then it kind of came in as I needed a bit more mobility. Okay, that's kind of like skateboarding or maybe surfing. Um, So the way I've always gotten into it was heel-toe-heel, and approximately your heels and your shoulders should be over top of one another. You, you can squeeze your butt just a little bit. I always say like you're grabbing a number two pencil with your butt. <laughs> and activate your core so you're kind of crunching in as if you're preparing uh, to be struck. So that's Kimi Ma. Oh, I think we have a visitor. <laughs> so I have, uh, I'm actually on uh, Facebook right now. You gotta come into the frame. I'm not gonna talk to you out of frame. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, doing. you look too beautiful not to be in frame right now. So, um, we're in, uh, I'm using Facebook Live right now because YouTube, for some reason, is not working. So, um, uh, yeah, so, so this is not really like a, a class for the up-and-coming dragons, which are all of you guys that are actually uh, training with me on a regular basis. I call you guys future dragons because every single one of you will be dragons one of these days if it's the last thing I do. Mm. <laughs> uh, but this is sort of more for the you know, general public or an introduction. To, uh, yeah. what, what, if, if someone were coming in, like a new student were coming in, and um, I couldn't speak, what would you tell them about Wing Chun? so far because you've been training for like three maybe more than three years now right yeah it's been kind of sporadic but it's yeah sporadic but yeah. um you mean as far as taking the class uh as what have you learned about wing chun so far thus far um, i'm overacting yeah this I is the kind of stuff i hate 
<laughs> no, out, man. Put your hands down. You don't have to overexpress. You don't have to be a mime every time. They Yeah, well, yeah, from your experience of this, uh, of my particular Wing Chun, would be particular. that. However, if you ask Chad and Charlie that, that would be a completely different thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's and it's simply because Wing Chun is uh, so hands-on, but I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's more of a, um, at least my experience with you, it has to be more mental state, not uh, training so much, or physical training. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> well, it has been true. Um, well, unfortunately, I didn't ask you what your experience with me, but what what you, you know, the concept. Well, that's my experience. That's my is that we don't train very much and it's all just a bunch of fucking talk, you know, uh, a bunch of blah, blah, blah. That's, well, my, that's my experience with Wing Chun. So. Okay, yeah, well, valid enough, valid enough. I'll spend the rest of this time defending myself. No, I'm glad that uh, you said that because uh, that really does draw upon something and that is um, so it was, uh, I don't know if, I'm going to, I'm just going to reiterate to kind of bring the point home is that, uh, Ronnie's experience with training with me specifically has been a bit more, uh, docile than probably anyone that's ever trained with me before. Um, and this is really more of, uh, circumstances <laughs> that have led to this style of training. Now, you would say, oh, that's unfortunate. Well, I, I don't look at it that way because the circumstances were um, me sort of uh, uh, really evolving in how I had to approach training due to just years and years of injury. And, um, and then, uh, uh, first year into uh, our relationship, I got a severely injured shoulder <laughs> injury um, from a skiing. Mm -hmm. So um, it's uh, I, I, it's easy to overlook that event, and then uh, then we had uh, life events that were pretty huge, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> including our relationship, which is brand new, and, you know, and, and going through all its bumps and grinds is all good relationships do. So, um, snowboarding. Yeah, snowboarding, skiing, that's right. That's what did it to me. Uh, thank you for reminding me. So that way, if I ever go back in, <laughs> I'll make sure not to snowboard. Yes, I, although I really loved it. It was so fun. It was like skate. It's like being able to do all the things I could never do on a skateboard. It was really cool. Um, but anyway. Uh, kids and I are going to go, though. Yeah, well, do what you got to do. <laughs> We're uh, going back. Do, do what you got to do. We go all I'll, last I'll, season. I'll, We're going. Yeah, that's nice. So, 
Um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, Ronnie, definitely. And there's also another issue is um, Ronnie was coming from jujitsu uh, and, uh, and, and Papua as well. Three, three, four hours. Yes, yes. Six days a week. Which, um, now, this was interesting because I also, yeah, I was also doing a lot of jujitsu as well. If you would have, you know, listen, when I was training, uh, when I was teaching at the uh, uh, MMA gym, Mm -hmm. that was a whole different scene, right? Yeah, there were a bunch of people in there. Well, I'm saying just the training was a completely different scene. Yeah. Well, that that wasn't just Wing Chun. That was that was a bunch of instructors. Oh no 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 no! We're we're talking about me when I taught there. Yes. How was that? Good. That was technique. That was a lot of technique. Technique and we 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 did drills and we did techniques and and then we had open world. Right. Okay. So. That is the usual experience with me thus far. What I'm getting at here is that the road that I'm out on now and uh, is one that should um, it should have come much earlier. Now there's going to be some equalization. Eventually, there's going to be a little yeah. A, a decent amount of more physical activity with me training personally and the way that I teach, there will be more. Uh, mostly, I, I, I keep getting broken. I keep breaking myself. So it's it's <laughs> it's been a frustrating and long process, right? But the main uh, but the idea is that I had to really fall off, allow myself to heal. And then really reconsider uh, my approach to training, not just for myself as someone that's getting older, but also for just people in general. Like, how would I have trained myself? Uh, you know, how would I have trained myself? That makes sense. All right. So, um, so eventually, we will do more. What's that? I got the text. Okay. So thank you very much. So. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying. I'm oh not no, no! I'm just. I'm trying to make a clear picture. I, I understand. But I'm not saying I like. I want to train four hours a day. That isn't what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. It's a different experience. I just want to make it clear. You had kind of two different experiences, and I just want to make sure you related both of those because the first experience was a lot of activity. Yeah. And then one was more cerebral, and now, like now, we're in this more cerebral stage. There will be a balancing point. Looks fine with me. So, I'm not, um, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Just ask for an honest <laughs> No, I, I thank you for your honesty and your not complaining. I thank you for both of those. <laughs> Love you. We're off to do a physics experiment. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, you smart people. Go, 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 go. <laughs> so, um, so yes, there is this more cerebral approach that, um, that I've, uh, 
that I've been working on, that I've been developing over the years, of course. Uh, you know, and, and you need that balance, right? For as much work as you put into it, you need that cerebral, uh, you need to do the cerebral work as well. And so um, sometimes that balance comes from long, long, hard training and then a long uh, cerebral training. <laughs> and you try to hit it at the right time so things get balanced, right? Um, but I don't think you ever abandon either one. That's an important thing. Um, and then with Wing Chun, you know, we get the, the information really quickly. We learn it rather quickly. We have Siong Tao. We have Shun right? We have Beauty. Three forms. And they all last about a minute or, or so, depending on how slow you go. First form, you should always do as slow as possible. Well, yeah, you, should, you can do as slow as possible. The other two forms, uh, you pretty much meditate, meditation speed, and then uh, full uh, function speed. But I'm digressing, am I not? And then we have mukjong, right? We have mukjong, and then we got a pole form. Part-time bill, and with we have the luxury of a, of a, another human being, and they know uh, Wing Chun well enough, then you can get you have the chi sao, right? So it's a very portable system. You can learn it really quickly. Uh, you can learn it really wrongly too, but that's another story. You can learn this really quickly. So. What that means is, is that you can kind of put it in your pocket and be responsible for it yourself, right? In other words, you're not, a you're not like this common lazy person that needs the, uh, you know, that needs to be in front of people and it uh, needs to be motivated by others. That's pretty much what I'm saying, right? You have this Wing Chun system that is completely um, portable and, and very easy to, to take with you and to do how, when you need to because your level of training isn't necessarily going to be the same level of training that someone else is going to be doing. Maybe someone's younger, they got more piss and vinegar in them, right? Maybe somebody uh, doesn't have anything else in their life to do, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't have anybody that you have to keep up with. Be, and why is this? Because you only have to be as strong as you need to be in order to maintain your kimima, your basic structure, right? Now, you don't have to be uh, uh, superhuman, but of course, the, strong, the, the stronger you make your structure, then the more superhuman you'll appear to be. <laughs> and it really does appear to be superhuman when you come upon someone that has a really um, uh, developed 
mobilized structure. So uh, what else can I tell you? I, uh, uh, I don't know if you're still on, Chad, but if you are on, maybe you can ring in on what would you say to someone that, um, or <laughs> what would you, what do you say to newcomers that are coming into Wing Chun, uh, about Wing Chun? And, you know, I think uh, training really uh, a lot and a, a hard, a lot of hours and putting in a lot of physical uh, energy into Wing Chun and that style of training, I think that's great. Um, you got to watch it. You know, you got to watch your injury rate just like any other martial art at that point. But also the contemplation is just incredible. The translation of Wing Chun into the, um, just everyday living and life is, uh, is really what's attracted me all these years and still attracts me uh, to Wing Chun. I love Jiu-Jitsu and, uh, and, and Muay Thai and you know, these in boxing and wrestling. I love those, but when I think about those, I, I'm still thinking in terms of boxing, right? <laughs> There's not a lot that translates into the real world of boxing or wrestling or, or any of those, you know, some more than others, but essentially they don't translate well into the real world. Essentially, it's an activity, right? And uh, that's what people do for activity. And then there's, there's the rest of life. And Gung Fu, of course, isn't that kind of thing, right? Gung Fu, although it's certainly been turned into that sort of thing, and it's cultural, Gung Fu's entertainment, but the, the beautiful use, the prize of Wing Chun comes, the, of Gung Fu, Chinese Gung Fu comes in its self-correction, and being able to self-correct. And uh, not allowing yourself to become a, a, an entropy engine for someone else to use. You see? I, I think I'm, I'm, I think again I'm, I'm talking more to my seafoods, my future dragons. Uh, and a lot of you guys coming in, so I apologize for that. Um, yes. So let, why don't let me just uh, before I go because. I, I'm going to uh, go ahead and, and train a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll change the angle. I'll let you see me uh, train on Mukjang. But some of the common myths, my favorite myth that we've just recently debunked is that you need, for Wing Chun, uh, just like any martial art, you need a training partner. Well, that's not true. This is your training partner. So, yeah, I guess it's true if you're counting the Mukjang, because that's the only training partner partner you really need. You might want somebody to use as an engine, an entropy engine. <laughs> I know, it's a little abstract. You have to, you'd have to have followed me on that to understand what I'm saying. Uh, hey, Chad, what would you say to people coming in new? What do you say to people coming in new to Wing Chun? About Wing Chun? Uh, so that's the first myth. 
is you need a training partner. No, it's great to have training partners. And that's only if they're committed enough that you can bring them up to the point where you can really learn together uh, through Chisau, rather than you constantly, um, you know, uh, essentially maybe pushing around stuff like that, right? Um, yeah, when you get somebody that's, that, that uh, um, when, and sometimes you can bring yourself down, but you bring, you go bring yourself down to bring them up. And so that you have a really good cheese out, like a really good conversation, not where you're talking to an idiot or talking to somebody that doesn't care about the conversation, right? And that takes doing. That takes a lot of doing. That's exactly where I was at, right? Yeah, it's, it is. It's a wonderful form of self-correction, self-awareness, cognitive form of training. Something along those lines and more. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just reciting you, uh, Chad. So um, just in case they don't get to see the, um, the text. Yeah. So myth number one, you don't need training partners. They, they're great to have. And if you can develop them, uh, they come in really handy for you to... Um, sort of develop your Wing Chun um, in, a certain, in a certain area, I'll say, right? Again, sensitivity is only for people that you care about. <laughs> if you don't care about people and you're just trying to protect yourself, well, you don't really care about the sensitivity so much. Wing Chun is just fine. Okay, next, uh, Wing Chun is a striking art. Yes. Wing Chun is a striking art. Uh, myth number two, right? Um, no, Wing Chun is a trapping art. And um, so the argument would probably be, well, yeah, we, we trap and then we strike. No, no, absolutely not. I, 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 have no, I don't need to stutter at all when I say that Wing Chun is not a striking art. Um, we practice striking only so that we can make our hands, our elbows, our even, uh, when we strike a mojungi, right? Um, so that it can take the impact of something coming into it. The assumption with Wing Chun is that uh, you're not sport fighting, the person's coming to attack you, and you go ahead and let them hit themselves on you. That is, uh, this is not my own take, by the way. There are many schools of Wing Chun that understand this concept and this very important concept, but there seems to still be a cognitive dissonance of this concept of striking. Um, and there is a fine line between having someone walked into a mobilized structure and reaching out and punching somebody. There's a fine line there, and that should be understood if you're going to be able to understand the myth of Wing Chun is a striking. No, it's a trapping 
and then, uh, you know, they hit themselves. They hit themselves on you. You don't hit them. It, it, you make sure that all of your energies are used to maintain your structure, and then your trapping can come in handy. That's what she sells good for, by the way, is you learn various trapping techniques. But when they're coming in anyway, you really don't need a lot of trapping, right? Usually more like just getting out of the way and then um, offering your structure for them to hit themselves upon. Okay, so that's number two. Nietzsche is a, a strike. Uh, is a striking card. A myth. Myth number three. Wing Chun is uh, uh, not a ground martial art. Doesn't have grappling. Well, that is a myth, and boy, is that a myth. I mean, I know a good amount at this point of uh, Wing Chun practitioners that um, they supplemented their stand-up with a certain amount of jujitsu, uh, which was popular and still popular, right, at the time. And were only to realize that that was just sort of all part of their Wing Chun. So uh, I'm one of those people. There's, um, oh, geez, not, uh, they got Nakamura, no. Um, Wayne, uh, I forget the guy's name in, in, in Hawaii. Uh, he's a Sifu a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu and also, and he was a Sifu in uh, Wing Chun first. So, um, and then some of my own students have gone on to, uh, to do Jiu-Jitsu and maybe didn't quite understand why they became black belts so quickly. Um, it's very common for people to not make that association that Wing Chun doesn't have any ground skills. And, you know, for the most part, that is true. There's a lot of Wing Chun practitioners that don't have any ground skills and don't apply what they know stand up to the ground. And that's unfortunate because it's all the same. It's all the same. You're still trapping, right? Now, um, here's another aspect of this. Uh, for elements of Gong Fu is Qi, right? Qi Gong. That's our structure. Qi Gong. Structure. Qi Sao. Or, I'm sorry. Qi uh, Gurk. Mobilize the structure. Qi Gurk. Qi Sao. Connecting our structure. Or disconnected, right? Which is connected to chunky, right? Chi sao. And chi na. So we don't hear a lot about the chi na. And there's reasons for that. If you're if you're my student, uh, you probably heard my hypotheses on why. Um why you don't hear a lot about Qi Na. You hear plenty about Qi Sao, Qi Gong, Qi Ger, Qi Sao. You hear plenty about those three, right? But why you don't hear about um, Qi Na? When Qi Na is the founder of what's known as Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, early 
Chinese Kung Fu masters migrating to Japan, just like a lot of, right, that whole migration there, they learned those skills from those ancient masters, Chinese masters, translated China, which became Jiu-Jitsu. So, so, you know, that myth isn't altogether untrue because <laughs> a lot of people don't do the work. Now, I'm not dissing those people that don't do the work. Why? Because you really don't want to be on the ground. Right? You want to be up. You want to stand up. You want to be able to be more mobilized. So, um, so, you know, there's a certain amount of credence to just focusing on what it is that you, how you want to do things. Um, another way of looking at is this way. If you train standing up and then an event happens, you will do what you're trained to do. If you train laying down, you will do what you're trained to do. If you train in both, you'll have both to draw from, but one won't be stronger than the other. You'll be, you know, uh, there's only so much time in the day. And this is a key point. There's only so much time in the day. So if you're going to do grappling, right? If you're going to do grappling, that requires a lot more technique. Why? Because you're, the efficiency of how gravity is pressing down on you is, is quite different than when you're horizontal. There's a lot more gravity, uh, gravitational forces, and all these. It's just completely different. I'm sure you guys understand what I mean by, uh, uh, well, try walking across a yard and then try crawling across the yard. Completely more energy is needed, okay? So there's a reason. Um, to want to stay uh, and just do one form of training because that's what you will pull from most. Now, I like that, except I do think that that should be... Um, I, I do think that, uh, um, that you should learn your china and... Um, and, and have your chinna restored. And when you learn your chinna, whoever you learn your chinna from, uh, that you always maintain the function of the forms, right? Of seal and tal, chi, sal, chunk, and understand how they're applying. There is nothing in my 20 years of doing jujitsu, there is nothing in jujitsu that functions that isn't also Wing Chun. Where you got bon sal, tan sal, fuk sal, all of those postures are utilized in jujitsu, right? And or in this case in china. What we will refer to what's originally called china, which is part of our gong fu system. Now you might not have learned it or applied it, but that's not the fault of the martial arts. So I think that's Number three, right? Number three, the myth-busted number three is that Wing Chun. Uh oh, where where was I on that? 
There's a lot more myths, and I do want to go over them. Uh, and but I'm just gonna I'll end with this one. I'll do a little training, and then I'll let you go. All right. <clears throat> the fourth one, and that is well, it was invented by a woman, and women, uh, just structurally speaking, aren't as you know they're not as strong as men, uh, not as powerful as men, and so because of that. Um, you know, they're, even with Wing Chun, you'll never be able to, a woman, uh, be able to beat a man. Okay, that's myth. That's that's my favorite myth number four. So that was probably the first myth I ever came across uh, as I was teaching Wing Chun, is that women aren't as capable. Now, this is, uh, this is not only a myth. I think it's an insult. You know, I mean... <laughs> A 120-pound woman versus a 120-pound man, and they're both equally trained? What, what's the issue? That doesn't make sense whatsoever. If anything, the opposite would be true. If anything, the opposite would be true. Because in most martial arts, it's not a matter. Uh, if you're both saying... Weight, same technical ability. Now the only thing that separates you one from the other is your ability to withstand pain. And guess who always wins that fight, folks? Women. They give, they give birth, for God's sakes. They have humans coming out of them. Whole humans. So... <laughs> I've heard a doctor say that uh, if men, uh, the way men are wired and everything, if men had to go through the same uh, level of pain that women had to go through, that they would probably die from the pain. That's a, I don't know how true that is, but I heard it from a doctor, damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing could be further from the truth. Wing Chun really is the fulfillment of what all martial arts had given lip service to, and that is being a smaller, weaker um, uh, person, being able to overcome a larger, stronger force. That's what almost all martial arts claim to do and never achieve it. Wing Chun most certainly achieves it. How do I know? Because I'm a little guy. And after learning Wing Chun, uh, was able to do some amazing things with some big guys that were very athletic, very strong, very technically capable, or capable enough, right? And years of this. So I'm not a woman, although I got the long hair these days, but, you know, um, I am of woman-sized stature. And I've also taught other people, other women, and they performed wonderfully against. In fact, my first female student was 
uh, uh, after um, rolling, chi soloing, because they do more competitive style rolling and chi sao. And I, I did too at the time, so it worked out. She did wonderfully against huge guys, against this one guy, Lee. I think he was seven foot tall or something. Did wonderfully against her. Everyone, everyone lined up to cheese out with her. They couldn't believe. You know, uh, when a woman em embraces this art, it's, it really is uh, something because they wind up, it's like as if they have magical skills. Again, this is because of the bias of people's thinking, right? If I'm small and can beat up big guys, well, I'm just a scrapper, you know. <laughs> if a woman does it, oh, fuck, that's magic. There really is something. All right, so, yeah, myth number four. Women uh, uh, cannot beat up men because they're not as strong or whatever. That's just silly. That's just crazy silly. All right, so like I promised, I'm going to change the angle because um, this is more for the public. And um, uh, it's not that I don't want to give stuff away <laughs> because I've given away today the greatest asset of Wing Chun to any martial art is this Kimi Ma. And I tell you, this Kimi Ma this grasping the goat even works when you're in China, when you're doing jiu-jitsu. But I, I just don't want to give you information that, uh, that you'll overly misconstrue. Like, oh, I said, right? So if you want to overly misconstrue something, you have to actually train with me, okay? Um, but let me see. Let me see what I can do with the angles here. That's not so bad. All right. Now, here's an interesting aspect. I always like telling the story. I'll share the story with, with, with everybody here. And that is, one of the beautiful things about Wing Chun is you can hide in a corner and train in Wing Chun. Like if you're doing your form or, you know, uh, we have to remember Wing Chun was invented in secrecy. And it was a secret martial art for, for many, many years, right? So, um, and even more recently, the Red Junk era of Wing Chun, the men were dressing up like women. I mean, it, you know, this secrecy and um, uh, uh, was a huge and still is a huge part of Wing Chun. Just intrinsically, like Ronnie had said, she doesn't experience a lot of physical training. Well, as you know, as you train in Wing Chun, you realize that you are trying to train physically, not psychologically. Physically, you're trying to train all day long, all day, all night. But that takes a lot of hard work to get to that point, right? It's just like anything else. It takes a lot of hard work at first, but once you get it down, then you're doing it literally in your sleep. So um, let's just get a little frame of reference there. Um, okay, I think, right, that's what I was talking about is, is Wing Chun is 
all about keeping elbows out forward because you want something in between you and your opponent. It's about making sure that your opponent doesn't get behind you. And it's also about trying to get behind your opponent, right? Or at least have them pass, right? So um, that's, that's it. It's very simple, but, you know, hey, physics is, is pretty complicated when you start breaking it down, right? So here we go. <laughs> now, I know you're not going to see much, but I think that is an important aspect of this kind of training. Um, if you come and train uh, with me, uh, you'll be able to see this with the camera in the front. <laughs> uh, but there's not much. I mean, and, you know, you can see other, uh, there's YouTube. You can see all kinds of people training in Mokjang, including Itmong, right? You can see all kinds of people, um, um, you know, doing, doing stuff on the Mokjang. So um, it's not so much in trying to hide anything as much as um, I just don't want to demonstrate anything out of context <laughs> to um, anyone that's just coming in, right? So, uh, but what you can see here is how effective um, this martial art um, behaves in reference to dealing with uh, an opponent that's in front of you. So, uh, here we go. Skip, how's it going, man? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to just do a little Mok Chun here. All right, so we start everything out in Wing Chun by Kimi Ma. Try to keep everything kind of tight here. <laughs> All right, I did that ending so slightly different. So if anybody's out there trying to cop me, I know who you are. <laughs> okay. That was Mook Chung. I hope, guys, if uh, 
Oh, geez. Well, I, if you uh, could tell me how reviewing, I don't want it to be too reviewing, that's all. <laughs> uh, I, what I wanted to share with you is not the details of the Mukjung, but i just give you kind of a, an idea of what we do with this thing. And that's it. Most of what we're doing, and now that might have seemed to be something where it's meant to strengthen the arms and whatnot, but not so much. That's a sandbag tool, right? It's more like a human body. This is really meant to get your angles right, your angles of, of contact. Because if I move like here and I make contact, my structure is not correct. Right? I have to do things that I learn from the forms in order to make my structure correct. And there's constant contact here, right? So I'm always feeling if I'm grounded or not. If I, if I keep disconnecting and lifting out of the ground, then I, I can't do the work that the Mukjong um, is meant to do, is meant for you to do, which is to maintain your structure as you mobilize, but maintaining contact, right? Maintaining contact and structure as you mobilize. There we go. I said it all in one sentence. So um, that's it. I mean, you know, if you have weak arms and whatnot, I suppose this will develop you up to a point. Right? To a point, it's, it's short. Uh, some people like to wrap um, uh, padding around them so they can hit. But the problem with hitting this, and you know, once you get a certain amount of density and strength, I mean, I'm, I'm only 150 pounds, and I could easily hit this thing and break it. So it's not really made for that. What it's made for is it has the weight to it, right? It's got real weight to it. And so it represents that resistance and this I'm only going left or right kind of thing because I'm a big guy and you ain't pushing me back. But I can get to your back, right? So it really is the perfect, what I call the perfect training partner. I love Wing Chun because here's the biggest problem when you get into Wing Chun, or into martial arts, I'm sorry, is, you know, you train with a few people, maybe you hurt each other, you learn about each other, you, you hate each other, you become friends or whatever, and then they go, <laughs> right? And then some, uh, they stay for a long time, they always suck. And then they, once they start getting a little better, ah, then, they, then they go. Or the other way around. They get, you give them everything, they get really good really quick, and then they go. In other words, training partners come and go, and that kind of sucks. I've always thought it would be great to have a, a, you know, a, a partner that you train together because you would never go. But that actually doesn't work out too well either. Well, thus far, it doesn't work out. And I'll tell you why. Because there's, there's a lot of, um, uh, uh, there's too much 
It's too much. I actually, I'm not going to go into it. But if you want to know why, I can go into that for about an hour or two as to why uh, typically martial art couples um, uh, don't necessarily train very effectively together. Um, so, yeah, when I learned Wing Chun, I saw first from Seal Tao that there is a way to get strong and to develop your martial art just standing there all by yourself. Blew me away. Then, when it came to uh, developing the angles, which I didn't quite understand at the time, but intuitively you sometimes you know, know these things, but they don't get to your brain uh, quite quick enough. And that is, you have this partner here that will always be with you. I mean, you know, even if you don't physically have one of these, you've got things like trees, you've got things like poles, and they become the mukjong. You've got branches, right? Got, so, you, you know, and, and, and the tree, especially if it's uh, rooted in the ground, uh, becomes an amazing partner, uh, especially when you find a, a tree that has the branches uh, in a good place, right? Hard to find a tree probably with your <laughs> bottom leg. Um, And the compactness, I mean, this is not 600 forms here. You're just learning three forms, and then you apply Mokjong, Barjong Do, pole form, and then you're Chi Sao. And that's it. That's it. You can, if I can remember that, you can remember that. But then you apply it. You got to use it. Now, when you're early on, you're very ambitious, aren't you? Right? You want to roll with everybody. And you want to show essentially what you really want to do is prove that your Wing Chun works. And so you want to just get with everybody and see where you stand with them and, and see where your stuff works or doesn't work, right? But then you eventually grow into trusting the, the system and knowing it uh, where it's, it's not a question that it works. You know, now 20 years, over 20 years now doing this, it's not a question. I've had so many people come and go through the doors, so many other people's ex uh, experience in this. At least a thousand. I have about a thousand waivers that I've collected over the years. So the experiment is, is pretty damn thorough. And then we also have the millions of other practitioners that have their stories, their Wing Chun stories. So, um, It, it, it's, um, it works. It simply works. Regardless of what the, what uh, Joe Rogan and a lot of the MMA uh, 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 meatheads uh, like to say about other martial arts, specifically Wing Chun, now they're all understanding it, it, it works. In fact, in the UFC, when people want, when guys wanted to win the UFC, and they really, what did they do? They learned they learned enough Wing Chun to bring it into the uh, ring and solidify uh, their win. Now, why didn't Wing Chun win all the UFCs? Because Wing Chun isn't a sport martial art. Shouldn't even be allowed. Shouldn't even be allowed in sports, right? 
And it's not, and again, it's it's not so much a striking or even a grappling. It's a trapping. And what has to happen for a trap to work? Think about this. Wing Chun is a trapping art. None of us disagree with this in the Wing Chun community, right? So Wing Chun is a trapping art. What do you need for a trap to work? Oh, yeah, bait. Yeah, you know, you got a, a method of, uh, of restraining, sure. But what do you really need? You need someone to come into your trap, to fall into your trap. So most of the technology, most of what you do is develop this trap that God forbid somebody fall into this thing. Because, well, I'm not concerned with the techniques and, and all this stuff. I'm just always concerned with building this thing, this trap, this Wing Chun trap. That, and traps don't go chasing after people. No, people come and fall into traps. So that's the Wing Chun way, right? It's invented by a woman. I, I, I hope I'm not, not being too sexist by making the correlation. But uh, hey, I don't think I am because men are the ones that fall into those traps, evolutionarily speaking, without fail. So come on. I don't think I'm being sexist at all. Now, can those roles change? Ah, of course, of course. Right? So, yeah, I, I, I hope that is enough. Uh, I've expressed enough of the reasons why Wing Chun specifically is such... Oh, it's, it's, it's not just a great martial art. It doesn't even stand with the other martial arts. It's a synthesis of everything that came before it in the martial art world, including the gun. Right? So I'll end with this. Uh, stand and deliver. My uh, Daisy BB gun uh, obsession, I guess you could call it, collection. Uh, you know, really is connected to all this. I can hold this thing in my hand and say, wow, this is sort of the embodiment of of what it is that I do as a Wing Chun guy and, and aiming, being able to hit what you're aiming at, right? Even though you have to sometimes compensate for all the different variables, right? God, it's so much like Wing Chun. It's just incredible. And then the earliest, the earliest, I'll show it to you one more time, but the earliest advertising for Daisy that I've been able to find has been from this late 1800s, stand and deliver. So I got I got 50 of these stickers. If you want one, you know, uh, give me your address. I'll send one, right? Now, it, yeah, if if I know you uh, or you train with me, just give me your address. I'll send one. If I don't know you or you don't train with me, uh, yeah, pay four bucks, man. <laughs> send me four bucks. But that's the stand and deliver sticker. It's, it's what the advertising was. Uh, Daisy... Uh, air rifles stand and deliver. Man, how how Wing Chun is that? How Wing Chun Kung Fu is that? Stand and deliver, right? You're coming for your package. I'm gonna hand it to you, right? Stand and deliver. So I think that's how I'll end this. What? How long was this? 
do, do we even have a time? I don't know if we even have a time stamp on this. So, <laughs> this, I think these usually typically go for an hour. It'll be interesting to see how long this one goes for. Listen, if you have any questions, um, you know, leave them in the comments for this video. Uh, this is for the Facebook uh, page. Um, you can go to sifuzi.com and that's any everything sifuzi and wing chun related uh is all linked there and of course there's sifuzi music right um i don't have a dot com for that but that's sifuzi music.wordpress.com that's where everything all my music is and um i'll talk about that later but Gong Fu and Wing Chun and music are also, um, you know, pretty heavily uh, connected, as as are the visual arts, right? Right. Music captures uh, time, and pictures, paintings capture places. Just a little something to think about there. <laughs> uh -huh. So, yeah, and uh, what else do I got for you? Oh, right, I do have, of course, pickingadaisy.com. And, hey, if you guys could do me a favor, uh, go like, subscribe, and share stuff. So, um, and I, I hate asking for you to do this uh, and asking all the time, but when I can remember, I do have to ask because I know it's, it's not easy to remember. But that kind of stuff really does help me out. Um, you know, I, I still struggle, uh, like I, you know, maybe like a lot of uh, martial artists, I still struggle to uh, main to to make a living. You know, and um, but it, listen, I'm not asking for you to feel sorry for me because I've picked my lot in life. I knew. Uh, going into it that being an, an artist or a martial artist or a musician, uh, you're not necessarily going to be rolling in the, in, in the big uh, in the big money, right? <laughs> or at least at least not often, right? So some of some of us get there, but most of us, most of us real folk, um, we have to accept that this is not necessarily a big money gig. Right. But you helping out by uh, thumbs up or, or following, subscribing, or even sharing, sharing. Um, the uh, hashtagging is always a, a great way to help me out as well. Hashtag the art of integrity or hashtag CFUZ. Um, that helps out as well. So uh, thank you very much for watching and for hanging out with me here. And uh, I'll see you next time. And I think some of you guys know what this means. Ping, pang, boom, bounce all, tons out, cheek chang. Congratulations, you made it through a whole Kung Fu class. If you'd like to see the video of uh, this particular class, you can go over to Facebook and join us on The Art of Integrity. You can also join us on Facebook on Integrity Radio. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next time.